Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. When they've asked me to blow into the machine, they said the legal limit 0.8 and I'm at 0.81. It was getting late and I didn't want you to worry about where I was, you know? So you were pulled over by the police on suspicion of DUI and you were anxious about me worrying about you being late? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so, PK. I'm telling you, all I wanted to do was call you, but I couldn't call you because my hands were behind my back. But do you understand? I couldn't use the phone. And I'm still handcuffed. I'm handcuffed when I'm blowing the second time. And this time I've blown 0.73. You're under the limit. I'm well under the limit. I know. 
I don't think so, Pig K. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The scammer energy is back with Dorit and PK. We lost it earlier this season. I know there was a whole robbery situation, but now I don't know if you're feeling this, but I'm feeling that scammer energy, both in their scene work, in the confessionals. It's not quite the scammer energy that they gave us a couple seasons ago when they were doing that joint confessional where they look like Boris and Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle, but it's similar. Now, I... I, I'm going to get in trouble for this. But that whole scene about the DUI, you guys, sit tight, little bear, because I have some thoughts and opinions on it. And they're not going to be very popular. But I do believe that PK, he said in that clip, you heard him say, at first he blew 0.81. Then later on, he, he mysteriously blew 0.7 something, much under the legal limit. Now, I'm no police officer. I'm no uh, court employee. I don't work for the government. I don't know the ins and outs of DUIs. Okay, so forgive me. And what I'm about to say is not going to be very popular. And I'm saying it as alleged because I don't want anyone to come after me and get me in trouble. But I do sort of maybe possibly feel like there's a hunch. I may be implying that. Uh, maybe somebody paid someone off. Now, I don't know if that's true. I shouldn't even say it. I should bite my tongue. But does anyone else feel like maybe he was at the police officer at the police station and said, hey, I'm on a TV show? And then they're like, okay, well, you're, you blew under the legal. You know what I mean? Like, that happens. You know, that happens, especially when you got the scammer energy like Dorit and PK have. I feel like that they get away with certain things. Now, I don't believe that they made up the whole robbery situation. I think that was all real, but that doesn't mean they're not scammers. Just because I believe that that situation happened doesn't mean I believe that they're not scamming, running around scamming. That's what I'm feeling, and that's the vibe I'm getting. I know that's not going to be popular with the PK and Dorit fans. And believe me, I love watching them. Nothing was better than Dorit last week with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Amazing wind chime. You know, she was so excited. That's the chicest wind chime I've ever seen, you know. Nothing is better than that. But it's scammer energy. I don't know how else to put it. I know I've said scammer energy a hundred times, but it's scammer energy. So, look. I, uh, before I get into the rest of the episode, I have to also apologize to the reality TV stars of today and of the Real Houses of Beverly Hills because I didn't get much sleep last night. I got almost no sleep. I'm finding that as I get older, I have at least one night a week where I just don't sleep inexplicably. Oftentimes for no real reason, I just can't sleep. I'm tossing and I'm turning. It happens about once a week, like clockwork, and it happened to me last night. So I'm combating that with a lot of caffeine. So I'm in one of those futile states where I don't quite know where I am. I'm going to say some mean things. My my hormone levels and everything's off balance. I'm all out of whack from the lack of sleep. And so when that happens, I could turn on you in a dime. I could snap. Like, uh, I could snap like the snap of the fingers. Okay. So watch out. Watch out. Anyone, uh, anyone out there, just watch out. And again, I want to apologize because I'm not going to probably be so nice to the reality stars. I usually try to get on this podcast and be nice, but I'm just not feeling that today. So I'm sorry. I don't, I'm apologizing ahead of time. And luckily last night I had something I was able to watch when I was staying up all night because Netflix put out this new documentary on the one, the only Shania Twain. Let's go, girls. You know I love me some Shania, so I loaded up the soundboard with our Shania Twain. I've been trying to keep keep the Shania clips off there because, you know, I don't like to repeat myself too often. But in honor of the documentary, which, by the way, is not that great. <laughs> I stayed up and watched it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like I learned anything new, but it was still fun to see my gal, my Canadian queen. And so, uh, you know, it's... 
it's something to watch, but you're not really going to learn much new unless you don't know anything about Shania Twain. But you know, at least I had something to watch. You know, now at least I'm I'm sleepy, but I saw the Shania Twain uh, documentary. So uh, let's get into the Real Houses of Beverly Hills now. Erica Jane, did you guys see this? It was on TMZ. She was served at the airport. Her and Lips they got back from Hawaii with Room 23's Diana Jenkins. They were on a uh, vacation that was not being filmed. They were on vacation, got back at the LAX airport. And Eric was on camera being served. And I sort of feel bad for her because I don't like, I don't know, there's something that I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the whole being on camera serving. Like, I understand that she's being served with lawsuits and it seems like she's being served with a lot of lawsuits, if we're being honest. Uh, but I don't like the whole like public spectacle of it all and that everyone was sharing it. And I know it was like fun to watch and everything like that, but it, I don't know. Something made me feel icky about it. Uh, not as icky as all the horrible things that she's allegedly done, but I did feel icky about like watching the serve. And I did love how they were dressed though. Cause when you're at the airport, like they were dressed like how I'm at the airport, but usually when we see the housewives on camera, it's like they go on these private planes and they're dressed like sort of nice. Cause they're on camera. They're fully made up and seeing her and Rena, her and lips just in that Victoria's secret outfit from, uh, you know, she was in Vicky's secret from 2003 and Erica Jane was in this gray sweatsuit. I was like, that's how I go to the airport. And so something about it, I think, felt a kinship with them. Again, I'm not excusing the things that she's done. I don't even know what the lawsuit is. I can't keep up with all her lawsuits. As if I can read court documents all day. I cannot do that. So uh, I am not sure exactly what it was for, but I guess we'll find out. We'll go to bravotv.com, find out more information. But it was all over the internet. I can't say I didn't watch it at least upwards of 10 times. I mean, here I am judging the fact that it was all over the internet. But then every time I, it came up in my newsfeed and my Instagram or Twitter, I watched it in full. <laughs> I found the time to watch it in full at least 10 times because that's who I am and I can't help that. So it was like somebody posted it. I watched it. Then a couple minutes later, somebody else posted it. I'm like, I'm going to watch it again, and I'm going to click like. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Uh, we opened this week on the episode with Diana's Christmas party. Now, we saw at the end of last week, it was to be continued. Erica told Crystal that she can't have the chicken finger. She said, no chicken finger for you. And I don't know if you're noticing this. You know how Bravo likes to hold on to one clip and show it over and over again? I'm feeling that's going to happen with the chicken finger clip, you know, where her saying, you can't have that chicken finger. And it's been happening this season with her telling Garcelle to pee on the new girl. We've seen that every single episode this season where it's just uh, Bamboozle Jane being like, Garcelle, go piss on the new girl. And they keep showing it over and over again. So I'm feeling like the chicken tender moment is going to be that kind of moment. Kind of similar to on Southern Charm, how they would show that. If there was like three seasons where they kept showing Austin in the that video camera being like, Madison, 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 Madison. Which, by the way, Southern Charms become unwatchable, you guys. Somebody needs to say it. I know we're not covering it on the show, but it is rough. They are just throwing 100 cast members in there. Inexplicably, Chef's cousin is in there. I don't know why we're all of a sudden having scenes with Chef's cousin putting together like a, a crib or something. I'm like, I don't even know who this woman is. And how was she cast? She seems like, no offense, I'm sure she's a lovely gal, but the least telegenic person I've ever seen. And I've watched a lot of untelegenic people on this network. I mean, we're seeing on Beverly Hills. I don't think Diane is very telegenic, but next to the Macy or whatever her name is, Marcy, Macy, I don't fucking know her name even, uh, over on Southern Charm, it's like it makes Diana Jenkins look like a Academy Award winner. I'm like, who is this woman? They're just throwing everyone in there. And every scene, it's like somebody new. It's like, oh, this is Shep's girlfriend. And they all look exactly like, I'm like, how many blonde girls? No offense to the blonde gals on that show, but it's like they all look exactly like, except for they're blander than the next. 
And it's like they keep throwing new ones at us. And I'm like, I don't even know who this person is. And it seems like they don't even know what storylines to follow. I mean, (laughs) it's just such a stupid thing. I don't know. That's mean of me, but it's true. I feel like it's stupid. And I feel like that show's stupid, and they need to just cancel it. Because, honestly, it makes the network look bad when they have these flop shows. Because I truly believe, as a Bravo lover, I want people to look at that network and find the cream of the crop. Right. I want people to turn on the network because when I tell people about the podcasts and what I do, I'm like, Oh, I recap Bravo shows. And then they go and turn on the Bravo network. They're like, Oh, maybe I should try Bravo. Danny likes it and people like this network. And then they turn it on and it's like Shep's cousin putting together a crib and they're like, what the fuck is this network? And then they turn it off. So I need Bravo to keep the programming at a level that we can be proud of. So I need them to start getting rid of shows when they're flopping out. We need to get, we need to cut them loose, cut the ties. Okay, let's put something else in the air. Bring back the other Southern charms, if if that's what we got to do. If you want to keep a Southern charm, bring back one of the other ones, because this one is flopping hard. It's flopping hard, and I'm embarrassed. I don't even, I'm not employed by the network. I don't make a cent from Bravo, but I need them to cancel it, because I'm embarrassed to be associated with that that show and Chef's cousin. <laughs> I'm most offended by the fact that they not only gave Shep a spinoff called Relationship, but then they also were like, let's bring in your family. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck are we doing? That don't impress me much. That honestly makes me upset. It makes me upset. And again, we just need the standards to be higher on Bravo with all the shows. It's not such Southern charm. I think let's bring in some new shows. Let's do some fresh things. And when these shows get stale, we need to cut them loose. Okay, we need to cut them loose. Okay, where are we at here? I'm all over the place this episode. Oh, Asher. Oh, you guys, sit tight. we got to talk about Asher. (laughs) Room 23 is Diana Jenkins. She's engaged. Is she engaged or married to this young man uh, who's dressed like Lisa Renna? And he is inviting all the ladies inside at this Christmas party. He's like, come on in, ladies. You know, (laughs) That's my impression of Asher saying, come on in, ladies. It's like, come on in, ladies. And then later, Erica Jane was like trying to touch his music sheet. He's like, you can't read those, girl. (laughs) That's how he said it. And I'm not implying anything. Or am I? But he said it like that. He said it like, you can't read those, girl. And then Erica's trying to read the music sheets. And even Erica Jane, she gave him a little, she gave him a bit. She's like, bitch. You can't read those, girl, bitch. You know, Erica Jane loves to say a bitch. But uh, he then goes on to read, uh, or he goes on to sing. Actually, Erica Jane almost sang. At one point, Diana's like, you got Broadway training. And Erica Jane's like, that shit crashed two years ago. Because she's like drunk. Or as she keeps saying, she's lit. She's really lit. And so Asher then goes on to sing, Oh, Holy Night. Now, he's no David Foster. And I'm not saying that he was bad. Uh, but him singing, you know, fall on your knees and they're all crying. Kathy, Rinna, they're all in tears, which by the way, I'm sure he's been on his knees time or two, ladies, am I right? Um, but that's neither here nor there. The point is he's singing, Oh, holy night. And they're all sobbing. And I was like, am I missing something? Because this was not as emotional. Maybe, I guess so, sort of if you take yourself back to December of last year, you know, it was a hard holiday season with, with COVID and everything that was going on in the world. So maybe it was like they had all this pent up emotion, but they were really, they were really crying. And particularly the fact that they were getting so much emotion while Bamboozle Jane was in the corner being like, no, well, you know, like an evil villain in the corner just singing along off pitch. 
I mean, she was trying to hit a high note. I think she was singing notes. She's like, Noel, Noel, Noel. I was like, you need to cool up, Erica Jane. <laughs> and Garcelle was just looking at her. It reminded me of that David Foster, remember Taylor Armstrong, when she was singing along and she was drunk. And uh, it was basically the same exact scene. Remember Yolanda Lemons Foster got really pissed at Taylor Armstrong enough? You know, there was a whole thing that happened back in the day. And... I just don't think that Asher's quite at the level of David Foster. Now, it's not that I'm like some big David Foster fan. Don't get me wrong. I think that man is a monster. But he's still, I still put him leagues above Asher. And I don't remember any of the gals crying when David Foster was singing. Or even on New York Housewives. Remember they had, didn't they have Natalie Cole on one season singing with Lou? You know, she's like, L is for the way, you know. That was Luann singing along with Natalie Cole. But I don't remember like Ramona or Kelly Ben Simone in tears. And that was Natalie fucking Cole. And here's Asher in his red pantsuit is singing Oh Holy Night. And they're all in the biggest tears. Like, it's like, what is happening here? And then after the performance, Kathy sits down with Erica. And Kathy didn't even want to be associated with Erica Jane. She's just like walked away. Erica Jane said something about like I'm so sorry I didn't want to go I didn't want to go to Paris's wedding because I have a scarlet letter and I didn't want her to I didn't want people to see me with a scarlet letter and uh, ruin her day and Kathy's like okay like <laughs> and I was like whatever okay <laughs> and then she just walks away and then uh, I think like Erica cried then and then Rena was crying too. It was like, why is all, all these people crying? They must have just had pen moment. Maybe they were tired. Maybe they didn't sleep the night before because uh, I, when I don't sleep, you guys today, I said my hormone and my emotions are all over the place because I didn't sleep last night. And so I do understand that when you're sort of at the end of your rope, you know, I hate to be dramatic, but, uh, you know, it is hard when you're running on very little sleep. That's how I feel. Shania Twain, it only hurts when I'm breathing. My favorite ballad of hers. Uh, but so dramatic. Um, but so I understand maybe they were running on little sleep because it felt like everybody in this cast was just crying out the wazoo. It's like, you need to all pull it together. And then Kyle and Crystal and Garcelle are talking about how lonely Sutton is. Sutton wasn't even there. She got COVID on Christmas all alone. The, the ex-husband and the kids, they ran off to another country. Poor Sutton was in the house all alone. I felt bad. She said she was texting all her exes. She was just going through the list. And I've been there, girl. I've been there. Uh, and then Kyle, again, sticks up for Erica Jane's drinking. Kyle, what are you doing? What are you doing, splits? You need to focus on doing the splits at the party instead of sticking up for Bamboozle Jane. I didn't see her do the splits not one time. Instead, she's sticking up for Bamboozle Jane again, a fucking again. And it's like, what, every single week? She's like, well, you know, Erica's letting loose. And it's like, okay, well, Erica's been honest and open. At one point, she's like, I'm on Lexapro and Wellbutrin. And and she said Amelia, Rena's daughter, inspired her to take Lexapro, Wellbutrin. Like, I don't think Amelia inspired her to drink on those drugs. Uh, but I'm just saying, if you're on those drugs, you shouldn't be drinking. And it seems like she knows that or un- understands that, but then she's still doing it every episode, every single episode. 
And on some level, I think it is performative. I think there's a level to it. I know we've talked about this on the show, but it's like she can get the attention off all the orphans and widows stuff by just getting drunk. And her storyline is now that she's drunk all the time. And the next season, she'll have a storyline where she pulls it together and it'll be like the rise of Bamboozle Jane, you know, like pulling herself up by the bootstrings and she'll have her redemption season because they love to bring us on the roller coaster. So I guarantee you, guarantee, mark my words, you guys, somebody mark bookmark this episode. Next season, she's going to be edited into an angel and she's going to be sober and that's going to be her big storyline is being sober and like making her money with her hair care line and like how good she's doing and everything. And that's going to be her redemption season because that's what they do to us. That's what they do. And I look forward to watching it, but uh, it seems like this is a little bit leaning into that for this season. And it's like, oh, then later next season, I can, I can fix it. Uh, Kyle brings up Kim, though. Kathy doesn't like that. I don't think Kathy likes that because I do believe that Kathy and Kim are closer now than Kyle is. And Kim was in the middle. I saw Kim on the red carpet. I think we talked about this, too. Kim was on the red carpet talking about Kathy, and she didn't like that Kathy's back in the show, and her and Kyle are having this feud. And so I think that's an issue. I think that's an issue. Uh, meanwhile, Diana, Rinna, and Erica are sitting down together. And this is a trio. Again, they flew to Hawaii together. There was footage of them in Hawaii. And this is a this is a tough trio, a tough on-camera trio. It's a tough on-camera trio. There's no other way to describe it. I'd almost wish we'd have Eden Sassoon back. I think Eden Sassoon would have been better than Diana Jenkins. And I stand by that. Now, Eden Sassoon, remember Eden Sassoon? She didn't have a great season. But the last episode of the season, remember, she came alive. She's like, I gave you my heart, my energy, you bitch. You know, she's yelled at it, Rena. You bitch. I gave you my heart, my energy, and my all, and my, I gave it all to you, you bitch. And what she was really saying was to production, like, I gave you my all, my heart, my energy, you bitch. But she had to direct it at Rinna. And instead, what she was really saying was to the camera, like, she, I think she probably got fired in that last episode that she was in. And then she was telling the production, like, hey, I gave it all to you. And then they just made it look like she was saying it to Rinna. Because remember, even Rinna's like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, what? <laughs> She was just staring at her. Anyway, the point is, I actually think that Eden Sassoon, if we would have kept her around a little bit longer, I feel like she would have at least been better than some of the other people we've had after her. Certainly better than Room 23's Diana Jenkins or Teddy Allen Mellencamp. I mean, I don't know. So I blame everyone for getting rid of Miss Sassoon. I'd like Miss Sassoon, Sassy Sassoon to come back. I'd love to see her back. Uh, anyway, I don't love this trio of Diana, Rena, and Erica. I don't like watching it, and I feel uncomfortable with it. Diana does apologize to Garcelle at the party. Whatever. I don't really care about that whole thing. Uh, then we see Kathy hiding Kyle's purse. Now, what is it with the Richard sisters and the nay, uh, Kathy, Big Kath, and Little Kath, and they're all hiding stuff? Because we flash back to, of course, them hiding Brandy's crutches. And did they just play a lot of hide-and-seek with Big Kath? Like, what was going on there? I know we got a flashback of them hiding the crutches, and I got to see Dana Pam, who, by the way, I think Dana Pam would have been a better, uh, if we would have kept her around. Remember Dana Pam, who had the $25,000 sunglasses? Maybe we should have kept her around instead of these other people, because we got rid of them after one season, and instead, I'm thinking, I kind of want them back. I, If I could go back in time, maybe we'd feel differently. If I could turn back time. And who knows, maybe down the line we'll like Diana Jenkins better, although I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, but I don't think I want to see more of her. I don't think I like to see more of her. I don't even want to know more. Asher, on the other hand, like, I could get on board with seeing a little bit more of him. When we got him singing a whole version of Oh Holy Night, like, there was something so unhinged about it that I was like, this is insane. 
<laughs> this is insane. And he's like, you can't read those girls about the music sheets. I was like, I kind of want him to stick around. And so maybe during the Diana scenes, we just need to focus more on Asher. Uh, but I don't know. Should we take a break here? Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to come back. We got so much more to talk about. We didn't even barely get into this PK and Dorit stuff with the DUI. And we got... Uh, Bamboozle Jane doing the intervention. I mean, so much more to talk about. So let's take a break. I want to thank ACAST. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be right back. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. 
live and it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. And we're back. Just like I should, I'll get you good. Okay, so we have that Dorit and PK scene where PK says he's not himself. He got picked up for the DUI, but didn't ultimately get the DUI somehow. Uh, but the press just picked it up, and apparently it happened way earlier, but the press picked it up. And so you know Dorit and PK, they did not want to have to talk about this. But it got picked up by the press, and then, of course, the Bravo producers clearly gave them an ultimatum. It was like, you need to sit down and discuss this. Because it's a big thing that happened. It was picked up by Daily Mail and all these other places. So they had to do the scene, which was clearly rehearsed by them. I don't know if you guys felt that way. I mean, later when Dorit said, like, oh, yeah, and then the uh, your, the um, number of your DUI, the breath test or whatever, breathalyzer. Why can't I speak today? I have no energy, you guys. Um, but when she was giving the number of the breathalyzer thing, she was like, yeah, then it was down to 0.7. It was like she was saying that with him, and it was clear that they rehearsed that line. Uh, but... She's also drinking out of a bedazzled tumbler, and you know how I feel about the bedazzled tumbler. We had Marisol on the Real Houses of Miami walking around with that fucking bedazzled tumbler every episode. And so when I see it on one of these other housewives, I'm like, get it out of here. I can't look at it. Uh, but she's drinking out of it. Apparently, PK just got the ticket, but uh, did not get the DUI. And then he didn't tell her until 4 a.m. There's just a lot of secrets here. I don't think Dorit actually did hear about this until the press did. So she was saying in the scene, like, well, you told me all about it earlier, so good thing I knew. And I was like, I don't think you knew anything. I think she heard about it when Daily Mail picked it up. And there's just a lot of things. She said 4 a.m., and I'm also thinking, like, why is PK out until 4 a.m.? I know he's, like, a music manager or something. But I still feel like nothing, they always say nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Like, what is PK doing out till 4 a.m.? Especially, I don't know. I just think there's something sketchy about that. I don't, uh, I'm sorry. I know it's, he said it's for work, but 4 a.m., Especially around the holidays. I mean, leave after 2 a.m. And I'm sorry, I don't care what your profession is, even a music manager. I mean, unless you're with Mariah Carey in the studio, there's no client need that is going to be at after 2 a.m. So you're coming home after 4 a.m. And it's a lie if somebody's saying they just had one drink and you were out till 4 a.m. Because if I had to stay out till 4 a.m., you better believe I'm going to have more than one drink because it's impossible to stay out that late and just, oh, you're just sipping from one drink from what? 10 p.m. to 4 a.m.? Like, it's a lie. We're all lying here. And we can all pretend like it's not a lie, but I refuse. Especially, not today. Not today, I won't. And it only hurts when I'm breathing. Okay, so we got to talk about the Bimboozle Jane and the Mikey Minden and the other guy who was there. And Rinna shows up, and they have like a renovation with him, right? They have a renovation, renovation. And they talk about her drinking, which this all felt very staged and very purposeful, too. It was like they all got together and they talked about how they needed to have this scene. And I felt bad for the one guy. I didn't write down his name. Did I write down his name? Was his name Jack? Am I making that up? There was some other guy there. It was like uh, the hair guy, Mikey Minden, and Rena Jane shows up. Or Rena, um, 
Rena shows up. And it was so rainy. Rena showed up with the umbrella. That whole last December was so rainy. So she shows up and Erica Jane sends away the other guy and was like, Mikey, you stay. Mikey, you stay. And I felt bad for the other guy because I was like, why can't he stay? I thought he was a close friend too. But it was so clearly staged because they were like, okay, you leave and we're going to have this intervention scene. And so they're like, you need to stop drinking. And she's like, I know. Thank you guys. You guys are giving me tough love. And she kept saying stuff like that. Like they are giving me tough love. And then she met with Garcelle later in the episode and she's like, Rinna gave me tough love. <laughs> it didn't seem that tough love to me. It felt like you were all in on the whole conversation you're about to have. She did agree that she needs to stop. She thanked them. It all was so obvious. Erica Jane did say that that night after Room 23's Diana Jenkins party with Constantine Marilus, where he saw saying, uh, Oh, Holy Night, she said she hit the head and vomited and blacked out when she was home. Wow. Wow. Wow, bamboozle Jane. Wow, she hit her head. She blacked out. And she keeps saying she's been blacking out all the time. And that's because she's drinking so much. And she continued to drink too much again later on in the episode where she sat down with Garcelle and she ordered tea. And the, the woman, which, by the way, at that rooftop party, I feel like this was staged too because she asked for a tea. And then the woman who worked at the hotel was like, oh, we don't serve the hot liquid upstairs, which I kind of thought like if you're if they're filming a TV show – and they have to get permits and everything. You know whoever that woman's boss was, or if she was the manager, or the I would imagine like whoever managed that rooftop told that young woman, like, hey, they're filming Real House of Beverly Hills here. Just get them whatever they want. Be really nice to them. Like they're shooting a scene here. It's good press for our restaurant, blah, blah, blah. So you mean to tell me that that young woman, she just couldn't go downstairs to get the hot tea? I mean, I'm sure whoever owned that restaurant or managed that restaurant or that rooftop bar was probably so pissed when they saw that on camera, unless it was all staged, because there's just no way. It's like they're filming a TV show. That woman had to sign a release. She knew she was filming this TV show for The Real House of Beverly Hills, and then she couldn't walk down the flight of stairs to get the tea when she knew she was. this whole restaurant was going to be on camera. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bag of bullshit, and if you believe it, then I can't help you, because it's like, uh, come on. Come on. And if if she did just decide she wasn't going to go get the tea, and again, maybe they don't serve the hot drinks up there on a regular basis, but if they're filming a TV show and the star of the TV show asked you for a tea, you would go get the tea. I'm sorry, you'd go up the flight of the stairs to make the restaurant rooftop bar look good. Uh, you wouldn't just say no. So I thought that was a whole big bag of bullshit. But maybe, maybe it was true. I don't believe anything, especially because I'm tired. I feel like I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm not believing anything. I'm like, that's a lie. You know, that's how I'm watching this whole show. I'm like, big old lie, lying to us there. Uh, we do see a montage of all the gals spending Christmas. So Sutton's all alone with COVID. I had it December 27th. I got the COVID. Um, and so I had it right after the holidays. It was a rough new year. Uh, we see Jade. Oh, I need to talk about this. So Garcelle's son, Jade. Uh, she says something about her book. She's like, I want you to read my book. And he's like, fuck no, I'm not reading the book. And I... Don't like when people say, and this isn't going to be popular either, uh, but I don't love when people say they don't read books because I, you hear that a lot. As an author, when I talk to friends and family, there are a lot of people who like to say like, oh, I've never, I don't read a book. <laughs> and I feel the same way I feel about people who say they don't watch TV. It's like a weird thing to say. You should at least be reading like one-ish book a year. Okay. I'm not saying you need to read a hundred books, 
But, and I know people are busy, but you have time for an audiobook or something. It helps expand your mind. So I'm not even saying read my book, although that'd be a great option if you only read one a year. But I'm just saying it's like very good of you when you're, even if you got to do the audiobook when you're running or something, it's good to expand your vocabulary, expand your brain. It does, it is important to read a book. And so oftentimes you hear people saying it as a brag. Now, I'm not faulting people who are busy. A lot of the busy moms out there, a lot of busy workers out there, I understand those people. I'm talking about the people who are like are bragging about it because there's a lot of people who brag the same way that there are a lot of people who brag like, oh, I don't watch TV or they hold it above you as like this, this thing where they're better than. And I just have to say, we need to cool it. We need to stop that. We need to stop that because it's not something to brag about. It's just not. Uh, so what else is going on? Sutton and Garcelle sit down. They talk about Diana's Xmas party. Sutton texted all her exes. Now, I think that Garcelle and Sutton, they say that they connect because they're single mothers who don't have the husbands anymore. And Bamboozle Jane's the same way. Now, I was thinking, Bamboozle Jane, if she wanted to rehab the image, what she should do is team up with Garcelle and Sutton and start a First Wives Club. Now, I could give them tips. I've seen First Wives Club upwards of 300 times the film starring Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, and Diane Keaton. And I think that the three of them, what they should do is release a single version of You Don't Own Me. You know, they should record it, much like the Housewives record songs. Those three need to record You Don't Own Me and then dance together in an off-white pantsuit on screen. And I think that would help Bamboozle Jane's image more than all this other stuff, more than the fake renovation they had, more than uh, the fake storyline about getting drunk all the time, like more than all these other things. I think that would really help because I think they would also connect. I think Bamboozle Jane, Sutton, and Garcelle connecting as a First Wives Club would be the thing that would get the audience on her side because nothing else is really working for us. So I just, look, I'm not an image rehab consultant, but maybe I should be, because I think that it would help. I think that it would help. Then we see Sutton getting ready for her date. Oh, wait a minute. We didn't talk about, there's one thing in my notes that I just noticed I missed. Uh, Dorit, when she was in the scene where she was, uh, that whole setup scene with uh, PK and the DUI thing, which, again, I have to say, uh, PK was UI. He was under the influence. So PK was PK UI. PK under the influence, PK UTI, PK, not UTI, PK UI. I don't know if PK had a UTI, but if he did, he should have been home with some cranberry juice, not at the bar till 4 a.m. Ladies, am I right? So that scene, though, in the confessional, Dorit had this new outfit on, and it was like this Renaissance painting dress. Like it was a woman, and forgive me, I don't know who the woman was. It was like, on my screen, there was a big blur mark right across the chest. So like, I couldn't see it. I watched it on my laptop and there was like a, um, watermark thing. So I couldn't see who the woman was, but it was like an interesting dress. And I just thought we need to discuss it. It was like a mo, not the Mona Lisa, but it was like, <laughs> it was like an old timey gal. Like, I don't even know what era it was. Forgive me. I'm a big dummy, but it was. It was like an old-timey gal. That's the only way I know how to describe it. So if somebody could let me know like who the person was on Dorit's dress, I'd like it. Just DM me or something. Shoot me a message. Because I want to know who was on that dress and where'd she get it. Because it was like a picture. It was a dress with the poofy sleeves and everything. And then a picture of an old-time... I, I wish I could say who it was, but all I know how to say is that it was old-timey gal. Uh, I can't believe I just said PK at a UTI. I didn't mean it. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to get in most trouble for. Somebody's going to DM me and say, how dare you say that PK had a UTI? How dare you say that? Anyway, uh, where were we at here? Then we have this scene. 
uh, where Sutton's getting ready for the date. We see the assistant again. We're seeing the assistant a lot. They're showing him a lot. She is going out with this guy. She wants someone who doesn't like hoodies and doesn't have a ponytail. And I support that. Then we see Kyle's house. Dorit arrives and Dorit's like, how you doing, mama? She gave a little like Heather Thompson, holla, mama. <laughs> how you doing, mama? And then Dorit brings up, she's like, these headlines are awful. And then PK apparently told Mo immediately about the whole DUI situation. Mo was probably the one who called his friend over at the police station and got that uh, blood alcohol limit lowered. Ladies, am I right? <laughs> Not saying that's what happened, but I'm just saying it could have happened. And apparently Mo didn't tell Kyle. And Dorit's like, well, Mo and PK, they're best of friends, you know. He would take a bullet for Mo. And Kyle's like laughing. She's like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, because <laughs> Dorit does this thing and all. And this is what I love most about Dorit is that she makes everything like way over dramatic than what it is. She's like, PK would take a bullet for Mo. And it's like, that's not true. Like, they're probably like loosely friends, but Dorit just knows how to make everything a bigger deal than it actually is. And I love that about her. Uh, but it was funny. Kyle couldn't even contain the laughter. Uh, but Kyle did say, and this is the thing that I'm very grateful for when it comes to my generation, is that people take Ubers. And so Kyle says she checks on the kids every night. They have the find my iPhone. They check on her. She checks on them. But I love that we can all take Ubers now because I'm glad that we can go out. I mean, I love that you can go out, have a cup of cocktails and easily get a ride home. You know, back in the day, it wasn't so easy. Young people who listen to this podcast, I'm not sure how many young people are out there, but back in my day, you know, when I was in college and just out of college, you would go out in downtown wherever and you'd have to try to find a cab. And sometimes you can find a cab. Now you can go to your app. It's so easy. And I like that we aren't drinking and driving as much because it's not good to drink and drive. And if you are out there drinking and driving, just get the Uber instead. It's so much easier. Get the Uber, the Lyft or whatever, or tell a friend to pick you up or to share cars or have someone be a a DD, you know, we always had that in high school and stuff. You always had one person be the DD, the designated driver. And then now you know, kids don't even need that. They can all get blackout drunk and then get an Uber. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, so then we see Sutton on her date with Sanjeet and he's wearing, or no, she, I almost said he's wearing a cat sweater. Now she was wearing a cat sweater and I don't know that this was good. <laughs> now I'm not super in tune with the straight community. I know we do have some straight male listeners. A lot of husbands listen to this podcast. So maybe they can reach out and give us some advice. Uh, do you, any straight husbands out there who are listening to this podcast, straight guys, if you're listening, wake up, wake up straight guys. I know you probably zoned out when I said the thing about PK having the UTI and I need your attention here. Let me know what you think. Do you support the cat sweater that Sutton was wearing? Because I don't feel like that was good for a, a second date, a first date, or any date. Because I just don't imagine straight guys are really like turned on by the sweater with the cat on it. And did her assistant pick that out? I don't know if that assistant's listening to this podcast, but hey, <laughs> that was bad advice. Because I don't think a straight guy is going to be like, oh, look how sexy she looks in that cat sweater. Like, I mean, you just shouldn't have Garfield on your sweater. Don't get me wrong. If you have Garfield on your sweater, it's a great sweater. It's just not for a date with a straight man. Because only a gay or a woman is going to appreciate that. And so I'm not saying you got to dress like a, a, I don't know, a naked or, or wear a scandalous outfit. I'm just saying that you maybe shouldn't wear a big cat sweater. It's just like, maybe that's why you're having trouble with the dating. That's a mean thing to say, but I said it anyway. So they're shooting Sanjeet's bald spot. This is another mean thing. I'm just being really mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That don't impress me much. 
they were shooting his bald spot, you guys. Let's be honest with ourselves. They had the camera right over his bald spot. And I thought that was rude. And I'm calling them out. I'm causing it as I seize it. Because the camera was right over his shoulder. And I don't think they always shoot the scenes like that, like right over the shoulder. And I just felt like it was a ling- it was lingering a little too long on his wispy hair in the back. And I... <laughs> I imagine Sanjit was watching this and he's probably like, why they have to shoot me like that? He's not used to on camera. He doesn't know his angles yet. He's not smart enough to know and tell the camera guy like, hey, don't shoot that angle. Like you're going to get my thinning hair in the back. Uh, but, and he's a good looking man. I, I, I'm sticking up for him because I just thought it was rude how they shot it. It was like a close ups lingering on Sanjit's wispy back head of hair where it was just like the the thinning bald spot on the back of his head. I was like, they do not need to show that. And I wonder what Sutton thought. I bet she was pissed too when they saw it, because I just don't think they normally shoot them like that. But the ladies at least know. They probably tell the camera guys like, hey, uh, or the camera people, hey, don't shoot this angle of me, shoot this side or whatever. Remember, Jamie Lee Curtis said she'll go wherever the good lighting is. Sanjit didn't know to go where all the good lighting is. Sanjit should have been at that lunch with Jamie Lee Curtis because maybe he would have learned a thing or two. And then he wouldn't have been shot like this over the shoulder with this big old bald spot showing. And again, nothing wrong with the bald spot. He's a gorgeous man. I'm just saying he was probably pissed because I would have been pissed. That's why I, I would have been upset. Anyway, he's in, he was on Jeopardy. He was on Jeopardy. Right away when he said that, I was like, okay, like, I think he's great. Like, I would, I was ready to settle down, Miriam. I'm like, get on your knees, Sanji, and propose to me because I'm ready to say I do. Because I believe that any person who's on Jeopardy, you're good enough. Like, you're fine. I just, that's the only background check I would need is like, you went on Jeopardy. Like, I just don't imagine, and maybe I'm wrong about this. You know, I don't know. I don't even watch Jeopardy regularly, but my, in my gut, I believe that anyone who's been on Jeopardy is husband material. And that's just a uh, truth. And that's what I would tell everyone. If my significant other was on Jeopardy, I'd be like, Hey, guess what? Guess who was on Jeopardy? You know, Matt, I would tell everybody, but Matt wasn't my significant other was not on Jeopardy. Unfortunately, although he's smart, he just wasn't on Jeopardy and maybe I should put him on Jeopardy. Maybe I need to apply for him or something. So I can start telling people that my significant other was on Jeopardy. Uh, anyway, he borrows the glasses. This was the cutest. This needs to be written into like a rom-com. If I write next rom-com I write, I'm going to write this into a scene because he borrowed her glasses and he like had the similar prescription and it was the cutest little moment. I wanted them to, when he said Jeopardy and then they shared the glasses, I was like, just get married to him right now. And she said they went to a dive bar on their first date and they talked about movies and books. It was all like so romantic. It was very Nancy Myers. Something's got to give vibes until she started itching her foot. Like I don't remember Diane Keaton talking about her. I don't know. Did she have a foot fungus or something? Like what was that? I think she said it was something. Forgive me. I don't know what it was, but it was like something. She was like itching the side of her foot. And she's like, I got this thing, which I know we all have those things. Like I, you know, it's what it is. I'm not trying to shade that. I'm just saying she was itching her foot fungus or whatever the thing was that was going on with her hoof. And uh, she was, you know, using her gripper to scratch her hoof in the middle of the day. And she was talking about it. I was like, Sutton, you got the cat sweater on and everything was going great otherwise. But now you're scratching your hoof with your grip and it's maybe not appropriate. It's just like you're ruining the vibe. And they did it on camera. I didn't I didn't want them to, I don't want them to go on another date on camera. They talked about going to a concert or something. I was like, I don't want you guys to do that on camera. Like, I think you should just go to your concert. I think they were talking about going to the Go-Go's or I don't know what, some concert. They need to go see Shania Twain. They need to go see Shania. Just like I should, I'll get 
So then we cut to Garcelle and Erica at that scene at the rooftop bar. They both looked phenomenal. I thought they looked phenomenal in the scene when they sat down. Erica was talking about how good her sex life was. That's probably why she looks so good. And I didn't know what icons. I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time. And I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Kind of guy she's sleeping with. I need to know what's the kind of man that is just hooking up with Bamboozle Jane as a one night kind of thing. Like, I just, can we get him on the pod? Can somebody reach out to me? Find out who it is, because I'm curious. Uh, and Erica wants the tea, but they don't do the hot drink, so she orders the cognac instead, which is just so... That felt very stagey to me again. And Garcelle says, you were really tipsy the last time I saw you. She's like, no, I was blacked out. And then they probably showed that scene. I don't remember if they showed that scene, but they probably showed that scene of her being like, piss on the new girl, Garcelle. Uh, and then 
Erica says to Garcelle, she says, I'm glad you have Cherie now because Sutton's a liability. And then Garcelle says in her confession, she's like, well, actually, there's no one more scandalous in America than you, Bamboozle Jane. But Garcelle says that in the confessional, and I always want the Garcelle confessional energy in the real scene. It's like Garcelle has... I love Garcelle on the show, but she never brings the same energy to the scenes. And we have to be honest about that. And we all need to start seeing it for what it is. And I'm gonna, if Garcelle's listening, or we need Garcelle to bring that same energy. So I wish she would have said to Erica Jane in the scene, and maybe she didn't think of it in the scene, but it happens one too many times where it's like, she has this big thing to say in the confessional, but then in the scene, she doesn't say anything. I'm like, she should have said like, well, there's no one more scandalous in America than you, Erica, when she said that to stick up with a friend. And Garcelle did stick up and say, well, I'm friends with her. But she does it in a very nice way, which is nice as a human. But as a TV show viewer, I want to see her have the same energy she has in the confessional in the scene. That's all I'm saying. Again, I love Garcelle. Worship her. I think she's the future of the show. I just need the energy to be similar. And I need that for all of the women. This is a lesson for all of them. I'm just pointing out the example because I have seen it with Garcelle a couple times now. And they all need to do that. I feel that Rena does it a lot too, where it's like, I hate when somebody's got a big game to talk in the confessional. And then in the scene, we don't get nothing. We don't get nothing. Then the episode ends. Erica says Sutton's a big girl. She knows what she's doing, which I don't know. Then the episode just ended, whatever. And then next week we get Rinna versus Sutton. Erica sent a text message to someone about good dick. (laughs) And apparently it was the wrong guy. She sent the wrong text message. I wonder who she text messaged. And then Rinna has a rosé tasting, which I'm like, maybe that's not the best idea for Bimboozle Jane to be at the uh, rosé testing or tasting. Why is everyone coming out with a rosé line? Do we need another rosé line? We got Countess Luanne doing the rosé. Do we have Vanderpump's got the rosé? And I don't know if we need another rosé. Is that rude? Maybe. Sutton and Rena, do we say that already? Oh, and then the episode ends and they showed the eating disorder title card again, which is great. And I love that they did that. But also, it's like we didn't even get Crystal this week. I felt like we got nothing with Crystal. And that whole thing that was to be continued last week with the chicken finger, I felt like I didn't even get a reaction out of Crystal from it. They showed like one close up of her face, but it was like, I didn't even hear her say anything about it. I didn't hear her give her opinion about what Erica said about the chicken nugget or whatever. And so I just wish they would have given us some sort of crystal reaction or given us a confession of what crystal felt about that moment. Maybe they did and I missed it or something. But this cast is so big. It's like, we just miss people. There's like whole weeks where we just don't even see anyone. And then it's like, I don't know. Maybe it is a too big of a cast. I always thought we needed big cast, but maybe this is too big. Is that a thing? Or maybe it's just that, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still loving it. I'm just saying it's a big cast. And then there's weeks where I'm like, oh, is Crystal even on this show? Or Rena was gone for like four weeks. And even this week, I'm like, she didn't really do anything except for sit down with Erica. And then it feels like we're getting a lot of Garcelle. We're getting a lot of Kyle. Uh, Dorit ebbs and flows in and out of this show. But oh yeah, there's a lot of people that just kind of float in and out. Oh, wow. We got through it, ladies and gentlemen. We got through it. I'm going to go take a nap. And it only hurts when I'm breathing. Only hurts when I'm breathing. Uh, by Miss Shania Twain. I love you all so much for listening. Shall we do our cheese little cool down? I think we need it. By the way, and I want to remind you all that I'm doing interview episodes. There's a great one with Malcolm Gladwell, who wrote probably a book that you have in your house. Or if you are someone who reads maybe one book a year, you probably read one of his because he wrote The Tipping Point Blink. 
uh, Outliers. I mean, all of those inspirational books that I feel like everyone has in their toilet. He wrote those. He's brilliant. He has a great podcast called Revisionist History. It's a great episode. I'm hearing from a lot of people who listen and are like, oh, I didn't know what to expect and I loved it. So I hope you'll check it out. It's on the YouTube channel as well. So you can watch it if you want or whatever. But I'm doing interview episodes for the next few weeks uh, in addition to the recaps. So hopefully we won't miss any recaps, but we'll also have an additional episode. So listen to them if you'd like. And if not, just listen to the recaps. Do what you like. Do what makes you happy. If it makes you happy. Cheryl Crow also got a great documentary out recently on Showtime. If you haven't watched it, that was a really good one. I like that one, I think, better than Shania Twain. Although I prefer Shania's music, I think I like the Cheryl Crow doc a little bit better. Uh, oh, and speaking of documentaries, you guys got to watch the Paul Newman one. The Paul Newman one on HBO Max. If you are familiar with Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, you got to check it out. It's so good. It's like a six-part. It's very in-depth. You got to be sort of into them or know a little bit about their history to, I think, really appreciate it. And I was kind of skeptical because it started off and there's like a lot of Zoom footage, which at first freaked me out because it's like, I don't want to see that. But then it's just really good. So I hope you'll check that out on HBO Max. It's great. Okay, let's do, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Oh, let's take another deep breath in. Let's hold that baby. Hold that baby. Breathe out. Oh, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we will talk uh, later. Yeah, we'll talk later. Love you all. Bye-bye.